What an idiot. Hey, this is Glover Teixeira, UFC Light Heavyweight Champion. Hi, I'm Robbie Lawler. What's up, Fight Family? This is your favorite MMA coach, Tiago Alves, the Pitbull. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Pedro Munoz. Mike Brown. Hey, I'm Alexei Alenik. And welcome. And welcome. And welcome. And welcome. And this is We Want One Picks. And you're watching We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. To We Want Picks. Hi, everybody from America. My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 59 slash Tough 30 finale fight card. We're going to give you our picks, our bets, and our fantasy plays. But become a premium member because we're going to break down these fights for you. We're going to give you our insight, some of our bets and our picks. But we're placing bets weeks ahead of time, days ahead of time, months ahead of time. And you want to get ahead of those betting lines. We're doing the picks early. All of that early content, DFS tools, everything you could ever want is at wewantpicks.com under premium membership. It is $10 a month, which is only $2.50 per event. Go to wewantpicks.com, scroll to the top and click become a member. It's worth the money. We've been showcasing wild success, including we do an exclusive safety parlay for members. That has hit every single week that we've done this. And let me showcase, this is actually my brother-in-law who is a premium member. He copied all of our insight for DraftKings. Dude entered a $5, a $5 contest, took home 750 bucks, used that same lineup elsewhere, took another 50. Dude took home $800. He does not do DraftKings. He just signed up a few weeks ago because he was at my house. And then he uh, went under premium. Checked out our fades, our locks, and built a lineup, and bingo bongo, dude made 800 bucks. Become a member now, weonpicks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. It's $2.50 a week. And if you want 50 bucks to really kick off your week, go to weonpicks.com slash bets. We have five different betting partners. Sign up with any one of them, make a deposit, and I send you 50 bucks. It is literally that simple. I spent most of today catching up and paying people, so I paid out about $500 today, which always oh, a pain in my ass, but weonpicks.com slash bets, sign up, make a deposit. I will send you $50. Let's jump in, man. UFC 277 was supposed to suck on paper, and it was awesome. Great fight card. Great fights. It all worked Speaking out Speaking really, really of well. sucking... This fight card's not going to be great on paper. Well, I wasn't we'll going that route. Okay. You're disgusting. Let's jump right in. Opening up the UFC Vegas 59 fight card, we have Myra Bueno Silva taking on Stephanie Egger. Myra Bueno Silva, 2-2-1 two, two, and one in her last five. She's coming off the fight of the night over Yanan Wu. Stephanie Egger, 7-2 overall, 4-1 in her last five. Coming off 2 Stoppage wins in a row. Myra Buena Silva is a pretty good striker with solid power and good kicks. She likes charging forward and just throwing from there. She's a good grappler, but like so many others, she's got problems taking people down. She doesn't have very good wrestling. So even if she wants to get it to the ground to grapple, I'm not sure that she can. She's 3-2-1 and one in the UFC, but her two losses hold up really well. They were decisions to Manon Faroe and Marina Moroz. 
She's coming off an exciting win over Yanan Yu where she was taken down, but she controlled the striking and threatened with submissions. Stephanie Eggers is a grappler who has solid power and sloppy but effective takedowns. She marches forward and looks to tie you up, and then she works takedowns from there. She'll typically hold you against the cage or sort of muscle you to the ground. She's a decent striker as well, but her game plan is definitely to slow the pace and turn it into a grappling match. She's coming off the armbar win over Jessica Rose Clark, where she was a 2-1 to underdog, and she only needed to land 10 total strikes in that entire fight. This is a tricky fight because Marina Moroz, or sorry, Myra Brena Silva is the better overall fighter, but she can be taken down. Manon Farrell, who's known for her striking, took her down twice. Montana De La Rosa took her down three times, and Marina Moroz took her down twice. If Stephanie Egger comes forward with pressure and a wrestling game plan, she can have that same success. But I do think I'm going with Buena Silva here. Yes, she can get taken down. She was taken down in all of those losses, but... She defended a hell of a lot of takedowns as well. She defended 19 takedowns in those three fights. And I think she can do more of the same here. Obviously, it's possible for her to be taken down and controlled. But I think she gets it done. And the line is moving here. She opened as a favorite. She's now an underdog. What the hell were your stupid celebrations about? And what do you think? Uh, maybe because Logan Moore donated $9.99 to Logan the chat. Moore with so, the $10 super tone. chat. What are you talking to me like that? Says he's been up awesome money the past two weeks. Here's a case of beer for you. Thank you. Keep up the great insight. We appreciate you, what Logan. What kind of case of beer is nine ninety nine? It's not great beer, but I wasn't. Light, what, Bush I'm not going to make a comment we, about him. Like twenty yeah, years old, Logan. Come on, man. It's not. It's not good beer, but we appreciate you. Thank you very much. And frankly, well, dirty, we dirty have action? we have been on fire. Like you and I have made money every single week for a very long time. We're killing it. I'm about to. I'm about to retire. I'll be honest okay. with you. I'm about, I'm about to retire with the so money. So why don't I mean, you lock share the week, Five weeks in a row, and I'll tell you what. In this matchup, yeah, that you you mentioned the Jessica Rose Clark fight. That was the dumbest game plan I've ever seen in my life. Jessica Rose Clark. I know that she's like trying to turn into this wrestler, but trying to grapple uh, Stephanie Yeager, a judo black belt and a judo like national champion, to get her against the cage and think that you're just going to take her down that way. She got hip tossed, thrown to the ground, and arm barred. That's how Stephanie wants to get the fights to the ground. She's not really a wrestler. She uses her judo. And if you're Meyer, uh, Bueno Silva in this matchup, you just got to avoid the clinch. You just got to avoid the clinch, which for her is a little bit of an issue because she is that Muay Thai type striker. She's, she stands very high. She wants to get in close. She wants to get in clinch. But you got to avoid that. I mean, you just got to avoid that all the way. You're going to be the much, much, much much better striker in this matchup. I do not like the way that Stephanie strikes. She's She used her length pretty well, and the length could give May, uh, Bueno Silva an, an issue in this fight, but Bueno Silva is a much better striker in this matchup. She's just kind of kind of get inside, throw her strikes, get back outside, you know, avoid those the, the, those clinch situations like I was talking about. And uh, she actually looks good at 135. Her last fight was, a, I think it was short notice. Uh, it was her first fight at 135. Her power isn't going to transfer as well. She's more of a power puncher rather than a volume puncher. It's not going to transfer as well at 135. 35 as it was at 125 she's not gonna be able to find those finishes and because of her kind of plotting style that Muay Thai, that Muay Thai plotting style she could lose a bunch of decisions because you know it's hard to really get it she's not that volume in and out boom 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 type of striker but in this matchup I think she dominates the striking and if it goes to the ground I think she is is 
is well-versed enough to be able to survive. You mentioned her last fight off her back, looked like she knew what she was doing. Unless there's one of those situations where it's a throw to an arm bar, just boom, bam, thank you, ma'am. I think she can survive on the ground if she gets taken down and can win all the striking exchanges. So I'm very, very high on Buena Silva in this matchup. I was surprised that she flipped to an underdog. I jumped all over that once I saw that she was an underdog. I will always take the better striker in a mostly striking matchup, which I think this ends up being. So I'm Buena Silva all the way in this matchup. Yeah, I, I hear you. Obviously, you know, the getting taken down and controlled does concern me. But, you know, I mentioned she has defended 19 takedowns in three fights. So yeah, I imagine Stephanie's she not, can Stephanie's be a, not a, a controlling wrestler. She's not like a, a, a jiu-jitsu black belt that's just going to take you down and submit you. And somebody said, which one just had the baby? Stephanie Edgar's been off for two years. She had the baby um, last fall and stuff. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, she looks, uh, she looks motivated, right? So, what, did she have the baby? No, that was the next fight. That was the... Um, yeah, you're thinking of Miranda Granger, but yeah, great insight. They're both, they're both long fighters. Yeah, they're both long yeah, fighters. Yeah, no, so. no, solid Oh, my insight. God. Solid insight. Holy oh my God. shit. Schmack, schmack. Babe. The $200. There's no babe for him to be shouting to. Babe, you got to get me in here. Look at this. The 200 Get your dog. Get the peanut butter. The babe. $200 super chat from schmack, schmack. Let's go, guys. Rain or shine, I'm here with y'all. Appreciate y'all. Let's have another... Listen, we appreciate you very much. That is an incredibly generous Super Chat. Thank you that's very much. I think that's we hope it's the, best, it's the highest we've ever gotten, of course. And we hope uh, you've made a ton of money off of our insight, off our picks, off our bets. So thank you very, very much. It is Can appreciated. I be honest with you right now? What? My nipples are rock hard. Rock hard. Listen, I appreciate Smack Smack, and then you just... Like everybody, no, got I mean that's it. I mean that's his fault. I mean these things. <laughs> Jesus that's, Christ! You just went right into freckled salamander mold when the money came in. You're like, oh, gotta show my feet. Yeah, only fans. Thank you very much, Smack Smack. Very, very appreciated. And back on track, which is hard to do after that generous donation. Uh, we both like Meyer Brandon Silva. It's a pick'em in DraftKings, and eighty-two hundred dollars. You know, this is a, anytime we break down these almost even fights, I think it's Sean V, actually, who I fight with constantly, always comments that that $8,000, $8,200, that fight always ends up in an optimal lineup or more often than not ends up in an optimal lineup. I don't know if that's going to be the case here because I don't necessarily think there's going to be a finish. They're both pretty tough. Neither one of them are dynamic finishers. And I think it's pitter-patter strikes from Myra or just takedown decisions from Stephanie. pitter-patter strikes from Myra is super disrespectful. That girl. You literally me. said her power is not going to transfer to 135. Not as sure. well, but it still oh, will transfer. She okay. can still sting someone, but Jesus, I mean, she's got power. A bueno so I would never talk to you like that. You I mean, putting just, either. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Smack Schmack with another $100 super Christ. chat. DJ Khaled. Another one, dude. Another we, one. Thank you very, very much. I just came back from Disney with the family, so this is needed because that place is a ripoff. Uh, thank you. Do you know who DJ very, Khaled very is? much? Quick question. Yeah. Well, you DJ said DJ Khaled. Khaled. Yeah, whatever. Thank you very much. Incredibly. <laughs> Big Don said peanut butter now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just becoming the Schmack Schmack show. This and this episode is brought to you by Schmack Schmack. On YouTube. 
Uh, are you going to have either one of these women in your draft? Did you just shake your light off, you moron? No, are you my, gonna have... my browser switched to dark mode, so it made it very oh. dark. Are you going to have either one? Because you were banging the table. It's like, here we go. Are you going to have either one of these women in your DraftKings lineup? Uh, I'm hoping that I have one Silva somewhere, but probably not in DraftKings. <laughs> Ew, dude, she's not even a... This is the picture. What? <laughs> okay. You're um, telling me she's not attractive. Okay, Saturday night, I want you to, when she steps in the outgown, I want you to send me a text that says she is not attractive, and, and I would love to see that. That will not be a problem. Chat, please. Chat. Okay. Poor Jacob. Um, Monkey Knife I Strike Line, 83 to 56. Myra Brenna Silva's not the most, she doesn't have the highest of volumes. That right. 83 does worry me a little bit. I think it's a less more situation. I think they Thanks. both level off somewhere in the mid-60s. Like 69, 69, somewhere. <laughs> anyway. I mean, this I is Schmack Schmack's fault. This, I mean, this is Schmack <laughs> Schmack's fault. I mean, this is, this is going to be a nine-hour podcast of just absolute dark humor and just weird things happening. Well, anyway, guys, if you want 50 free bucks, go to weonpicks.com slash bets. And if you want to take a stab at this monkey knife fight strike line, guys, we've been cashing monkey knife fight every single week, like blowing it out of the water. This line, I think it is a less more. All you need to do is go to weonpicks.com slash MKF. Sign up. Make a deposit. They will instantly match that deposit. And then use the free money. Play a couple lines. Next up, at UFC Vegas 59, we have Corey McKenna taking on Miranda Granger. Corey McKenna 6-2 overall. 4-1 in her last five. Coming off a split decision loss to Elise Reed. Miranda Granger, 7-2 overall, 3-2 in her last five, coming back after a year and a half away. Corey McKenna is very well-rounded fighter, and she's really fun to watch. She literally does everything. She'll march forward, throwing ones, twos. Then she'll just back away, stay out of the pocket, throw Superman punches or head kicks to get back in the pocket and repeat that cycle. I see you, Gabriel. Let me get through this, and you will be appreciated as well. Where the hell was I? I've seen her pick up double legs, slam her opponents. We've seen a ton of submissions from her. And she's just a really well-rounded fighter. She can be hittable. She does need to clean some things up. But she's so tough and so busy that she makes it work. She's coming off the loss to Elise Reed, where she was essentially outworked on her feet. She did have some success, though, with three takedowns and almost four full minutes of control time. Miranda Granger's a technical striker who started her combat sports career 26 years ago when she was four years old. She's a very busy striker, and even in her last loss to Ashley Yoder, she gave up more than eight minutes of control time and still landed 87 total strikes. So when she has the opportunity, she absolutely lets her hands fly and stays busy. She's very tall for the division, which helps her striking and range, but she doesn't do herself any favors in the grappling department. She's got a very upright stance, which just leaves her wide open for takedowns. And when she does clinches, she's pretty off balance. Miranda's coming back after more than a year and a half away. She had a child. And that always makes these trick these breakdowns tricky. Has Miranda been working on her grappling? I don't know. Can she defend all of Corey's takedowns and keep it technical on her feet? Like that's always the challenge with these breakdowns, right? We don't know what she's been doing with this layoff. Well, we know what part of what she's been doing with the layoff, but what has she what has she been doing after that? Her, me is she and her in a full been doing camp? The same type of things. Okay. You know I mean? If this fight stays on the feet, I think Miranda can outwork Corey the same way that Elise Reed did. 
But if Corey comes forward with those powerful takedowns, she should have the same success against Granger that Yoder did. I like Corey here. I love her pressure and her pace. But again, you just don't know where you're going to get with a layoff. And we've got Gabriel Reina adding to the case of the beer $20. He said, good work. Gabriel, we appreciate you very much. And I hope, hope that you have been making money following the insight and enjoying the show. Jacob, give us your breakdown. I will be right back. Look at those donations at the top, man. That's I mean, my nipples are going crazy, guys. They're poking through. I got to change shirts. They're ripping holes like Mean Girls when they cut out the holes and the nipples are going crazy. That's what's happening right now. And that's what might be happening in this next fight uh, with Corey McKenna and Miranda Granger. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, as, as Angel mentioned, Corey McKenna, a very, very pressured fighter. I cannot believe she is only, what, 23 years old? Um, it is insane the way that she fights and the uh, the poise that she has. What it what is an issue with her the way she fights is sometimes she does not use her wrestling as much as I would like to see because she should have the wrestling advantage over pretty much almost everyone in this division at, at this point. Uh, at least a lot of the people that she's going to be fighting on her up and coming fights to get to that top fifteen type position. But she likes to brawl at times, and, and against you know, a girl like Miranda Granger, you don't really want to brawl because her length in this division is going to cause issues for a lot of people. If Corey McKenna is not able to get inside the length of Miranda Granger, and I went, I did the deep dive Instagram on both girls, all the girls, especially later on with uh, you guys know Ariane. You know, <laughs> we'll get into it when we get into it. But uh, yeah, I did the deep dive Instagram. I'll tell you what, Miranda Granger looks great. She looks physically great. It looks like she's working hard in this camp. And I think that these odds are crazy. I think these odds are absolutely crazy. Anything for a minus 200-something for a fighter like Corey McKenna seems crazy to me. She has the advantage in the grappling. But she brawls, man, and she does get hit, and she can get outstruck. And against a long striker like Miranda, this could be one of those situations where she just cannot find a way to get inside of the pocket of Miranda Granger and just gets picked apart for three rounds. I am scared to death for Corey McKenna in this fight if she cannot get the takedowns. And even if she gets the takedowns, you saw Ashley Yoder get the takedowns, but Miranda did a good job in some of those instances of winning some sweeps, and she does a good job of using her length in those sweeps to get better positions to get out of position. So if Corey McKenna comes in with a sloppy shot and that length of Miranda Granger, all of a sudden Miranda Granger's on your back, you know, this could be a, a weird, weird fight for Corey McKenna. So yes, the better fighter, the overall better fighter is going to be Corey McKenna because she is the pressure fighter. She has the wrestling in her back pocket. I just wish that she would use the wrestling more in her fights and not be the brawler that she turns into at times. Uh, the play is going to be Corey McKenna, but I think these odds are crazy. If you're playing Corey McKenna at minus 200, you know, hats off to you, more power to you. But, you know, I think it's a little bit crazy. I would stay away from myself, but my pick is going to be Corey McKenna. And we got $5 from the real McCoy. Not a big one. Been losing parlays because I parlay the whole card. Never really a good idea. Unless you're me. I go perfect sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm playing. I'm parlaying smarter this card, Jacob. Two weeks ago, you gave me my first 1K parlay. Hey, you're very welcome, there you my go. man. You got that big $5, the real McCoy. We appreciate all the donations. Donations are going crazy tonight. You can see them at the top. Appreciate all the donations, guys. And that's my uh, breakdown for this fight. Well, thank you, Real McCoy. Very, very appreciate it again. The Real McCoy. Happy you're getting value uh, out of what we do week in and week out. I think so. We both agree, right? Corey McKenna, because of the wrestling and the pressure, can absolutely win this fight. Miranda Granger is the better striker. We don't know what she's going to look like after a year and a half away, right? Because 
what's her well, name? I Mackenzie... mentioned it. I kind of okay. mentioned it. I did the uh, deep dive Instagram, and she looking, okay. she's looking good. She's it doesn't good. matter because that's also nonsense because Mackenzie Dern, after a year away, after having a child, looked physically the best she had ever looked, and that was her loss in the UFC. So you just don't know. But uh, $9,100 is insane. Do not put Corey McKenna in your DraftKings lineup. Well, I get it. She could take get takedowns. Yeah, yeah, she can get takedowns. She can elbow way on top. But there's just too many unknowns here. $9,100 is a lot of money to spend when I think there's some other people that are pretty much a sure thing that are near that price point. You're going to put in your lineup at $9,100? No, but I think that if you're playing multiple entry type stuff, I mean, you got. I think you got to put it in one, um, but probably not in mine. Yeah, of course. And anybody who does multi entry stuff, on our premium membership, we do DraftKings ownership. It's ten dollars a month. It includes a whole bunch of crap, including DraftKings ownership, which will tell you the projected ownership of each fighter. So if there's a fighter you're confident in and they're going to be low owned, that's exactly who you want to throw in your lineup because that might separate you from the pack, things like that. So anyway, anybody who does lots of multi-entry stuff knows what to do with that information. You will find that at weonpicks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. Monkey Knife Fight, strike line, 95 to 64. I'm not going to touch it because if Corner McKenna gets a million takedowns, great, no problem. She could get to that, bunch of elbows. But I, I just don't know what to do with this. We don't know how good Miranda Granger's striking is going to look. We don't know how much wrestling Corey's actually going to do. Do you, do you feel strongly about this monkey knife fight strike line? I think it's probably definitely less for Corey. I know that she's a pressure brawler, but that length I think is going to give uh, Corey an issue, especially early on to find that rhythm, to really find where to you know get inside of those strikes. So I think it's probably a less, but the 64 scares me. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not going to touch it. We've given you plenty of ways to make a fortune with monkey knife fight and Playing this line is not going to be one of them, but if you want 50 free bucks, wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners. Make a deposit. I'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Next up, at UFC Vegas 59, we have Jason Witt taking on Josh Queen Lane. Jason Witt, 19 and 8 overall, 2 and 3 in his last five, and he is alternating wins and losses Josh Kinlan is 5-0 overall, 5-0 in his last five, and he's coming off an overturned knockout win on the Contender Series because he abuses steroids. Jason Witt is a wrestler and a grinder who's only looking for a takedown submission or TKO on top. He has absolutely no intention of engaging in a kickboxing match, and that's totally fine because the stand-up is just okay and his chin has seen better days. When he gets on top, and I'm saying when, because he averages almost seven takedowns per 15 minutes. So it's inevitable that he's going to get up on top. When he ends up on top, he has great control and pressure, which he uses to pound away. He won't hunt for a submission, but if you squirm to avoid the punches from top, he'll go ahead and sneak something in and then work from there. He is coming off the loss to Philip Rowe, which is the perfect window into Jason Witt as a fighter. Dominated the grappling. Had four takedowns, an entire round of control, just to be hit and then knocked out. Philip Rowe was only able to land eight total strikes in seven minutes, and that's all he needed to get the knockout. Josh Kinlan is a dangerous striker with very real power. He's coming off an incredible knockout on the Contender Series, which was ruled a no contest, 
because of USADA issues. He isn't just a grappler, though. He's a BJJ brown belt and actively competes in grappling competitions. He's a very dangerous guy who has not been to a decision in his professional career. And it's a pretty straightforward breakdown, right? If Josh can defend the takedowns, he wins. If he can't, he's going to get grinded on. And that's it. Very simple. He obviously has the power to knock out Witt, but is he going to be able to use it? Jason Witt is a grinder. He has the pace to constantly come forward and shoot takedowns. In his decision over Brian Barbarena, he attempted 18 takedowns, which is just an insane pace. I think the biggest issue for Witt is even if he can dominate the wrestling, he can't even make one small mistake. One mistake against Roe cost him the entire fight that he was well on his way to dominating. Everything in me wants to pick Witt here. You guys know that I love my wrestlers. Josh can be a bit wild, and Jason Witt will not be wild. He's just going to be diving at legs, looking to grind. But I do worry about his chin. The Philip Rowe fight, I picked him in that fight, and I was cruising, feeling good about that pick, and then it all came crashing down. This could potentially be more of the same. Jason Witt worries me. Josh Kinland is my pick. But I do have a bet on this fight. It's not Moneyline. I'll tell you what the bet is after Jacob. What do you got going on? Uh, yeah, Josh is just a goddamn savage, man. That dude, that dude is a goddamn savage. And the thing that's going to be a big issue for Jason Witt, I mean, you nailed the breakdown. This is a grappler versus, you know, pretty much a power striker. And Jason Witt's always going to struggle against kind of those dynamic strikers. He's not, he's a, he's a wrestler, but he doesn't have the fastest entries. But as I, I have it in my notes as well, and I did it on my Sunday breakdown, if he gets a hold of your leg, you are going to get taken down. I mean, there is a very good chance that if he's able to get to your leg, that you're going to be taken down. He has pretty good control once he gets you down. Um, if he doesn't get narrowly take down this fight he is a big big trouble because we've seen his issues with his chin time and time again and the issue that I was alluding to up to this point with Josh is he doesn't need to find you at the end of his shots to knock you out he's not one of those long, like Philip Rowe obviously that worked for him but he's one of those real long strikers that needs to find you at the end of the strikes you know boom boom really extend on the shots when you watch Josh strike a lot of his, his big power is just in the pocket just nice little tight hooks nice little tight shots he still brings that wild power even with those tight shots, which is even more of a disaster for 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 Jason Witt, because normally with strikers, with Jason Witt, if he can get inside that striking, he feels safe, right? If you kind of get right inside there, it's hard for people to really throw some power. But Josh is one of those dudes that even if you get inside there nice and tight, if you have a little bit of space and he's throwing hooks and in, in, in uppercuts in those in the pocket like that, he can still knock you out, especially with a chin as suspect as Jason Witt. So I, I made the mistake one time of picking Jason Witt, and he got knocked out in like 13 seconds. I will never pick the Vanilla Gorilla ever again in my life. I'm going Josh all the way. I think he finds that knockout. And his takedown defense looks pretty good. I think even if he gets taken down, you know, Jason Witt is a guy that his, his, his takedowns get less and less effective as the fight goes on. He gets, you know, the more telegraphed that the fight goes on. So even if he gets taken down and controlled maybe in the first round, I think he can survive, come out the second round, and he'd still even find the knockout because Josh looks like he's got good cardio as well. I'm Josh all the way in this. I, I will never trust Jason Witt and his chin ever again. Listen, this is going to be my wife and daughter walked in to say goodnight. That's what that was. But Jason, Get out of here. Tell her to her face. You know you're afraid of her. This will be Josh's uh, steroid-free fight. So I, I don't know. Does that mean something? I guess we'll find out what a clean Josh fight's like. But uh, we're both on the same side. I do think in DraftKings there is incredible value, honestly, on both of these guys. 
Because if Jason Witt wins, he's going to score a ton of points. It's going to be takedowns, control. Takedowns, control. But I'm definitely going to go with Josh uh, Josh in my DraftKings lineup because $8,600 for a probable knockout is incredible value. The dude could score 90, 100 points for eight under that 9,000 price point. Meanwhile, we're talking about Corey McKenna at $9,100. So I, I, you know, I, th- I think it's a, a no-brainer at 86. Do you agree? 100% agree. And the bet that I have on this fight, so the last few weeks, if you guys have been watching our betting videos and this, Bet Online is now offering a prop bet called, I don't know what the hell it's called, but who Most will get more? Landed. Yeah, most takedowns landed. So who's going to get more takedowns in that fight? There's not a line. It's not more than five takedowns, less than five. It's just who's going to get more between these two. I thought Jason Witt was going to be like a minus 4,700. It was only minus 325 when I placed it. I imagine that. You're moving the lines. Minus minus 400 now. Yeah. Yeah, so it's moving. I think that's literally free money because if Jason Witt gets zero takedowns, like there's just no takedowns in this fight or they both get, you know, they tie, they both get two. You get a refund. You get your money back. The only way you lose this bet is if the other person gets more takedowns. And I just don't see a world where Josh is the one shooting takedowns on Jason Witt. Sometimes the best uh, takedown defense is offensive wrestling. I don't know. I just, uh, I just, well, then I don't you see don't... it either. I, no, okay. I'm playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I don't see it either. I'm just, I'm just trying to put it out there, you know. Well, I think two, two full units on that. Um, so I feel very confident about that. If you guys want to hop on, follow along. Listen, I always tell you people, do your own research. Don't just you people. see. Yeah, you people. Don't just see what we do and then copy it because, yes, we've been killing it recently, but we're going to have a bad week. It's going to happen. Not me. And I don't want that to be the one week that somebody just copy-pasted our bets. This one, though, this is a copy-paste bet. This is a copy-paste. The worst thing I could possibly see here is you get a refund. And the bet never happened. So go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have five partners, but Bet Online is the one partner that offers this bet. Jump in there, make a deposit, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you for supporting us and our partners. So that, no-brainer, the Monkey Knife Fight strike line, 51 to 71. I think it's a less-less because even Jason Witt, with all the takedowns, when he wins, he's not landing a ton. It's a lot of control. People are squirming. Uh, Josh should be able to defend a few, threaten on his feet. I don't think he's going to land at 71. Freaking Philip Rowe landed eight and got yeah, the knockout. Josh yeah, isn't if, needing 71. Yeah, if he lands 13, if he, yeah, if he lands three, it's going to be an issue for Jason Witt. So it's probably, I'm going to play less-less. I think it's an early one. I think it's a less-less. Go to weonpicks.com slash MKF. You sign up. They'll instantly match your deposit. Use their deposit match. Use the free money. Play these lines. Honestly, they also have games on there where they take different fighters from different fights and put them together. I would go hunting through those props and just look for Josh and pound the under. Regard, you know, just hit the under. Do a three-person, you know, three for three, four for four, five for five. And if Josh is in there, pound the under. We on picks.com slash MKF. Easy, big fella. Next up at UFC Vegas 59, we have Brian Battle taking on Takashi Sato. Brian Battle, 7-1 overall, 5-0 in his last five, and he's coming off of his second official UFC win. And you could say his second ultimate fighter win because that last fight was supposed to be the actual finale. Great nipples, huh? 
yeah, crazy stretch marks and stuff, but he's a guy who's lost an incredible amount of weight. He was a big boy, turned his life around, and good for him. Takashi Sato. Inspirational, huh? Is that a little inspiration for you? Yeah, I'm just waiting to get bigger so that I can get smaller. But Uh, for now, I'm on on growth mode. Takashi Sato, 16-5 and overall, 2-3 and in his last five, coming off a decision loss to Gunnar Nelson at UFC London back in March. Takashi Sato... I mentioned he's coming off that short notice loss to Gunnar Nelson where he was taken down three times and he was just held down for eight minutes. Style-wise, he is a striker with solid power and well-timed strikes. He has pretty good volume and really turns it on when he has you stunned. He can be hittable, though, and that's because while he has really good like foot movement, he's constantly moving his feet, he does not have great head movement. Takashi is two and three in the UFC, but his losses are quality losses. Bilal Muhammad, Miguel Baeza, and Gunnar Nelson. Brian Battle's coming off a very dominant win over Treshawn Gore, which a lot of us thought was the ultimate fighter finale, or not thought. It it was supposed to be the ultimate fighter finale before Treshawn got hurt. Brian's a good striker with solid volume and nice head kicks. He has shown us that he's got a solid ground game as well, and he's never out of a fight. He averages more than one takedown per fight, but has a miserable 22% 22% takedown accuracy. And every time I watch fights, I take notes, right? I'll sit there with my laptop. I'll take notes so that the next time I'm breaking down that fighter, I have just what I was thinking right there on paper from what I watched last time. My notes from Brian Battle in that Trayshawn Gore fight, and this is literally in quotes. I copy-pasted it here. It says, very tough, not amazing anywhere, but very busy striker. He's basically Caitlin Chikagian. Constant noises, Lots of volume while dancing and striking. Oh, my God. What? What? You had the same note? No, I would not disrespect anyone by calling them Caitlin. Oh, because you just hate I mean, Caitlin. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the no. worst fighter in the UFC. Yeah, just, who just literally beats everybody who isn't the champion. Anyway, with that being said, I think Brian's going to Caitlin Chikagi in this fight. I think he's going to have his noises, his jabs. And Sato's a solid striker, but I think the grinding style and takedown attempts from battle... We'll earn him a decision win, and I got a money line bet on this bad boy, and I got some decent odds because I placed that bet early, and if you want access to our bets early, before Friday, before the lines start moving, go to wewantpicks.com, click become a member, and we're basically live updating bets, whether it's for a fight six months from now, two days from now, or a week from now, we're live updating with all of our bets, which should help you get some favorable lines. Jakey boy... How do you think Caitlin Chikagian wins this fight? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I like Brian Battle, and I, I think he can actually become a guy in this division. I don't like the Caitlin reference, although I do understand it. Um, you know, I, I, I really think he can become a guy in this division. I think the body transformation, he showed how tough he was in his last fight, had pretty good cardio as well, um, looked pretty technical in the striking. He does have a little bit of wrestling in his back pocket, at least some, you know, take down the fence, if nothing else. Um and I can see this looking a lot like the the Treshawn Gore fight in the way that, you know, he's he kind of, you know, Sato is a, a karate style. He's got a judo black belt, but with his style that he fights, he, he never is able to get inside the pocket. He uses judo, so I don't even know why he used that style. It's like he always just kind of dances around with no real mid-game either, and I think that battle is able to just kind of pick, pick him apart, as you mentioned, kind of the Caitlin style. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I think the Treshawn Gore fight is a, is a carbon copy of this fight. The biggest difference is... 
Sato doesn't have the power that Gore has, right? So he's just going to be kind of, you know, battle is content. We're just kind of like backing up, waiting for you to come in. He's going to pick you apart, dance around. Sato's going to be chasing him a little bit, but Sato doesn't have that equalizer power that Gore has. And I think that battle is going to go on a little run here, you know, three or four fights in a row, because I honestly think that Treshawn Gore was probably the most dangerous fighter that he's going to face in a long time. And obviously Treshawn Gore kind of like folded in that fight as far as like didn't have any volume or anything, kind of gave that fight up. If he threw, you know, that heat a little bit more, he probably could have got Brian Battle out of there but i think he would have won it yep yeah, I, Brian, Brian Battle showed how tough he was, came back from all those you know big shots and was still throwing volume, pressure with takedowns, and I, I think that Treshawn Gore is the, is the toughest and most dangerous fighter that Brian Battle is going to fight in a while. I think he's going to go on a little run here. I love him in this matchup just for the fact that Sato isn't a super dangerous guy. Uh, he's always going to, you know, there, you're always going to be live, right? There's always, it's always, it's a fight, you know, so if there's a wild Sato, you know, knockout, I don't want people coming back and be like, because <laughs> uh, I know that's how everyone sounds in the chat, so. Uh, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I'm a uh, Brian battle hundred percent. I'm not going to put money on it. Uh, I want to see a little bit more, um, you know, conviction, I guess in his fights and then I'll trust him a little bit more, but I, I think it's a Brian battle play all the way. Um, unless something weird happens. I got two bets on this fight. Jeez I got Christ. the money line bet, but also bet online. If you've been watching the last few weeks, they've got a couple of new props and one of them is, who will land more significant strikes in this fight? Again, it's not a line. It doesn't need to be more than anything. It's just who's going to land more significant strikes total. And between the two of them, look at the volume. First of all, this is the monkey knife fight projected strike line. But if we come here, this is significant strike. These are their actual UFC stats. 7.1 per minute to 2.28 per minute. I bet on Brian Battle. Put your fucking hand down. I bet on Brian Battle. Um, I think he's going to land more significant strikes. I threw one unit at it. I, it was minus three or something. I think that's almost a guarantee. Yes, Jacob. How can I help you? Uh, it's minus 325. I do agree in this matchup he should have more significant strikes, but I think that 7.1 is a little inflated because Treshawn Gore is a guy that it just is. kind of stood right in front of him and was able to pick him apart. Rosado, that karate style in and out, it's going to be a little bit harder to hit, but I agree he should have more significant strikes. It's just strikes more. Yeah, matchup. it doesn't – like right. this monkey knife fight strike line, you got to do something with that line, more or less than that line. This is just – is I just need Brian Battle. I don't care if it's one. He just needs to land one more significant strike than Sato, and I will get paid. We haven't lost. Neither one of us have lost those new takedown or significant strike prop lines yet. Uh, well, I lost one last week with Alex Morono because that idiot went for a takedown, oh. <laughs> went to throw Semmelsberger in the last second, got flipped to his back. So he actually had the takedown, but then ended up on his back, and, and Semmelsberger got the takedown, which was a heartbreak. I don't that know was why. plus you... 172, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know why you bet that. That was foolish. But anyway, I uh, I, I mean, he got the takedown. Yet. He's the one that engaged the takedown. He just somehow got reversed. So, um, in wrestling, if you initiate in international wrestling, if you initiate the takedown, and depending on the situation, it could be well, called the, a slip, the, a slip, clean slip. Well, the yeah, well, the announcer said a takedown from Morono, but got reversed. So they scored it as a takedown, but got reversed after the takedown. But obviously, the official scorecards. Uh, can't go fuck themselves. <laughs> well, anyway, I got the two bets. That that significant strike prop bet, you are only going to get that at Bet Online. Listen, I don't love it for every fight because some of those are impossible. But the who's going to get more takedowns, who's going to get more significant strikes, those are some of the coolest, best, and most cash-worthy prop bets I've ever seen in any sports betting. 
You're only going to get those if you go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have five partners. Bet Online's the one partner that offers that. Sign up, make a deposit. I will send you 50 bucks. Cash app, PayPal, Venmo. I'm just going to send you 50 bucks as a thank you. The official monkey knife fight strike line. I'm not touching it. I hate seeing 94 on men. That's such a high number. That's such a high number. I'm not going to touch it. It's probably a less more situation. Like you said, the Trayshawn Gore fight, except a little less hittable. So it's probably less more. If you want to experiment with that, we on picks.com slash F. What? Experiment. I like that word. Jesus is that Lipsky ne- fight next? Speaking of experiment. It is not. Next yeah, up. Parents will do. <laughs> <laughs> next up at UFC Vegas 59, we have Terrence McKinney taking on Eric Gonzalez. Terrence McKinney, 12 and 4 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, and he is coming off that short notice loss to Drew Dober. Eric Gonzalez, 14 and 6 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, and he's coming off that knockout loss to Jim Miller. And Terrence McKinney is long, powerful, and he likes to fight at range. You'll see a bunch of knockouts on his record, but don't let those fool you because he's a very good wrestler. He's a Juco All-American wrestler. And at this point, you guys know that Michael Chiesa used to be his high school wrestling coach, which means nothing as far as skill is concerned, because Michael Chiesa's a high school wrestling coach, right? But it's just a cool fact. He's a much better wrestler than Kiesa is. And he's coming off that disappointing loss to Drew Dober. But you can't just look at the L on tapology and say, oh, he lost to Drew Dober. Because he decimated Drew Dober. He dropped him, I think, officially one time. But it looked like four if you watched the fight. And it was just what Drew Dober survived in that fight I mean, it, Which he is, will, it's, it's even more impressive after you watch the shot that he ate his last fight versus Rafael. Jesus Christ, that shot was crazy. I mean, we all know Drew Dober has a chin, and Terrence McKinney absolutely tested it. And leaving that fight, I respected Drew Dober more for like, holy crap, that dude's tough. But also, I respected Terrence McKinney more. Because it was like, look what he just did to the most durable guy on the planet. And Darren McKinney did it on short notice immediately after a fight. So if that dude had a full camp and showed up like that, because he only lost because he gassed. If he didn't gas and just kept pouring it on, that's it. That fight stopped. So anyway, Terrence McKinney coming off that loss, but looked incredible doing it, if that makes any sense. Eric Gonzalez is a long striker. He does use range really well, and he likes to pick you apart at distance and keep you there. He likes to use front legs and teep kicks to do that. He will take two steps backwards, then lean forward and just throw long jabs. If he can manage that range the whole time, he can pick people apart. But if you close the distance and get him uncomfortable, he doesn't have an answer. Eric's coming off that knockout loss to Jim Miller, and and the bookies have definitely decided if you lose to Jim Miller, you're definitely going to lose to Terrence McKinney because he's a plus 600 underdog. But what I will say, this line tightened. It tightened just a little bit. Terrence ballooned all the way up to a minus 1,000. Now he's come back down. It's minus 1,000 right now. I did this graphic two hours ago. It was minus 850. Well, I'm looking at it right now. It's minus 1,000. Well, then it's yo-yoing. It probably gets to that 1,000, and then people bet on Gonzalez because on Sunday, Gonzalez was a plus 675 favorite, and now that has shrunk. Anyway, Terrence is coming off that TKO loss to Drew Dober, but it was insane that Drew Dober was able to survive that. There's no way Eric could survive that same onslaught. I expect Terrence to come out a little more reserved, right? He's coming off that as a bad loss for him. 
Um, I think he's going to use a little more wrestling in this fight as well. So Terrence is absolutely the pick. Uh, he's not a parlay piece because these odds are just too ridiculous to throw him into a parlay. It's going to, you know, it's just it's just not going to do you any favors. But he's very explosive. He's absolutely fantastic. And I do like this fight to go a little longer because I think Terrence is going to come out a little slower, right? That's a bad loss, and I think he's going to be worried about it. But I think Terrence dominates and wins this fight. What do you think? Well, Jacob. speaking of going a little longer, I have the over one and a half on this that I sent you. Um, well, that's in the premium membership. So yeah. people yeah. got to go there to get it. Yeah, oh, I have the over one and a half because you alluded to it perfectly. You have Eric Gonzalez, the Ghost Pepper, which is one of the better nicknames I've ever heard in my life, the Ghost Pepper. Um, got flatlined in his last fight, so he's probably going to come out a little tentative. Doesn't want to get that chin tested uh, right away. And then you have Terrence McKinney, who, who blew his load in the first round versus Drew Dober and got finished himself in the first round. So I 100% agree. I think that they're both coming out a little bit more tentative. And I hope that Terrence McKinney is able to show off a little bit more of who he is. And I know the flashy knockouts are fun and everyone knows him as that, but as you mentioned, very, very good wrestler. And I hope that he's able to showcase all of his skills in this matchup. I think this is the perfect matchup to get that done. You don't really need the first-round knockout against a guy like Eric Gonzalez. I think you can wear him down um, and win it with all your abilities and showcase all those abilities because eventually you're going to have to do that. You're not going to be able to finish everyone in the first round of your entire career. Eventually, you're going to have to grind out victories, and I think this is the perfect opportunity for Terrence McKinney to maybe shoot a takedown early, you know, work the ground game. But Eric Gonzalez, I'll be honest with you, is, is, is a tough Dude, you know how I love my Hawaiians. You know how I love my Mexicans. Nobody is tougher than the Hawaiians and the Mexicans. The Ghost Pepper is going to be there. If he was not flatline knocked out, and that was a bad KO to Jim Miller. He actually was looking good in that Jim Miller fight. He had a nice takedown in the first round. Had Jim Miller hurt in the first round. I think he was a big underdog in that fight, too. Like a minus 300, minus 400. Jim Miller was the favorite of that fight. And had Jim Miller, it's a big, big trouble. But Jim Miller, when he landed that shot, I mean, Eric Gonzalez was out, out, out cold. So I think he's a little bit tentative. I hope that chin holds up and he's able to put on a performance because I think he's a tough dude with good experience and it's going to be a little bit better than people expect. The minus 1,000 I think is a little bit crazy. But Terrence McKinney obviously is the better fighter overall in this matchup. He should get the job done. But I took the over 1.5 because I think he plays it safe. Obviously, Eric after the big KO plays a little bit safe, and I think this goes a little bit. So um, I'm relying on the toughness of Eric for my bet, and I think he's tough enough to withstand you know five and a half minutes of Terrence McKinney. Which most people have not, you know, and I don't think I could either. You know, okay. what I mean? uh, yeah, we know we we know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, somebody in the live chat said, Angelo, so do you not trust Terrence? No, no, I trust Terrence McKinney. Terrence McKinney will win this fight. My point is, I think it goes a little longer, like we just talked about. And when you parlay fighters, you don't want to parlay minus 850 fighters because that you know you'll take him and then what a minus 300 especially one that just got finished in the first round of his last fight i mean yeah geez. you just you just don't bet those lines like you just you don't parlay dude. it you don't parlay it you don't bet it because it, it is going to drag down your parlay like for example if you liked two minus 200 fighters you're going to get some really good odds on that you got a minus 200 a minus 850 those odds suck and it's just not worth what you'd have to risk to make it worthwhile so we both like Terrence McKinney here. I, I do think it goes a little longer. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do the over one and a half. I'll, I'll look at it, but I think that's probably a, a safe bet. Like you said, both these guys coming off knockouts. Both of them might be a little, hey, before I start winging punches, let's see what happens. 
And Mr. Especially G because it's not, it's not like the, the power of the pay-per-view, right? They're going to be at the apex. It's going to be nice and slow, nice and calm. They can kind of ease into it. It's not going to be that big adrenaline rush of, you know, the crowd and everything. So, Yeah. So we're both on the same there. I do think more and more on Monkey Knife Fight is the way to go here. 39 strikes to 18. Listen, look at, let's look at Terrence McKinney's. Oops. Terrence McKinney's oops. pretty busy striker. Landing four significant, and that's significant strikes per minute four and the 39 is total strikes not just significant so i do think it's a uh more more on monkey knife fight 18 is an embarrassing low number so i think uh i think more more there if you want to go uh give that a shot go be to careful betting against the toughness of mexicans and underdog rules is what i'll say yeah well i just said i'm not placing a bet on terrence mckinney just, at those I know, odds I was, tell, I was just i was just speaking in general telling the chat be careful be careful I can't wait till you do your lock of the week video and, and at least half the people be like, my lock is Terrence McKinney. Even though your lock of the week is always an underdog. Inevitably, somebody comments somebody with the biggest favorite who, on the card. Yeah, who was, um, who was it last week? Oh, the uh, that young kid, uh, Morales or whatever. Someone's like, the lock is Michael Morales. It's like, okay, good yeah, call. Yeah, no shit, dummy. Yeah, <laughs> That's not the point of this video. Anyway, weonpicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit and give it a try. I like the more and more on this line. And if you want 50 bucks, I will cash at PayPal or Venmo you $50. All you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have five partners. Jump into any one of them using our links, make a deposit, and I'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you for supporting us and our partners. Next up at UFC Vegas 59, we have Michael Olechuk. Taking on Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey's 33 and 17 overall. He is on a seven fight winless streak. And he's taking on Michael Oleksaychuk. He's 16 and five overall, two and three in his last five, coming off a decision loss to an injured Dustin Jacoby. And Michael Oleksaychuk is a very good striker with fast hands and a ton of pressure. He has power, but not a ton of power. Where he really separates himself from the pack is with his speed because he is incredibly fast and literally beats most of his opponents to the punch. He's dangerous on his feet, but he does have grappling holes. He's coming off that loss to Dustin Jacoby, which is just not a good look, especially with Dustin's post-fight speech because he talked about being injured and he just really shouldn't have been in that fight at all. He threw almost no leg kicks, and he was still able to win that fight and do some real damage to Michael. Sam Alvey, he gets a lot of leash with the UFC. He's in a pretty bad losing streak right now, but he's fun to watch, and he continues to get opportunities. He has deceiving power and very unorthodox striking. He can put you away with one of those weird looping shots, and he will always be in a fight. He is coming off that loss to Brendan Allen, which was surprising for two reasons. One... Sam Alvey won that first round. He beat Brendan Allen in that first round, and he looked pretty good. He seemed to even have Brendan in some trouble, and two, he got rocked, and he got rocked pretty bad in the second round before being submitted, and that's surprising because while he's on that miserable losing skid, he's always had a very solid chin, and he's a pretty durable guy, and even in that seven-fight winless streak, there's a few decisions in there that should have gone the other way, and again, he was always pretty durable. Uh, McCall or Michael is a minus 600 favorite now. This just keeps widening. He was a minus 500 favorite just last week. 
And while I get Sam Alvey hasn't won a fight since 2018, he is still a capable striker with three lifetimes worth of experience. Michael's going to be my pick here because even though he looked bad in that fight with Jacoby, he's still lightning fast. And we saw Alvey's chin start to just fade a little bit in that last fight. So I like Michael to touch up Alvey, stay on the outside, and survive any of the crazy Sam strikes. But typical Sam Alvey fight, I will be rooting for him and I would gladly get this pick wrong just to see Sam Alvey get a win before he gets out of the UFC. Jakey boy. Uh, yeah, so this isn't going to be real popular. Um, Sam Alvey's going to win this fight. And I'll tell you, the disrespect that is going on for Sam Alvey is just absolutely absurd. Because that dude is in every single fight. He's not He's not cowboy. He's not these other guys that just look like they're tailing off and getting the shit beat out of him, knocked out every single fight. This dude's putting up real fights and losing split decisions versus real competition. The guy lost a split decision to Ryan Span. He, he had it went to a draw with Da Eun Jung, who everyone thought was going to knock the head off of Dustin Jacoby, which you guys are a bunch of clowns for thinking that. But everyone thought Da Eun Jung was going to be like the next guy. I mean, smiling the same out, he went to a split decision draw with him, went to another split decision with Wellington. So he could have easily been 3-2 and two in his last five fights. You go to whatever this guy's name is, Michal, you know, and he could easily be, he's got a split decision, he could easily be 1-4. and four. And his last five fights, losing a, a decision of Dustin Jacoby, who was fighting with one knee, no cardio, couldn't throw kicks. He is a volume puncher that just tries to overwhelm people for decision wins. He has no power in his hands. I know he's got finishes, but they're not like big knockout finishers. The more volume TKO finishes. He's going to be the pressure fighter. Sam Alvey's going to have his back against the cage. He's going to throw that fucking heat that he throws, that cockback right hand, and he's going to land it on Michelle's chin and knock him the fuck out is what's going to happen in this fight. And you mentioned the chin of Sam Alvey in his last fight. He got dry, he got clipped by Brendan Allen, dropped to his knee, and was immediately scrambling back to his feet. It wasn't one of those like, oh, uh, uh, back, and then just absolutely finished. He was scrambling back to his feet, but then Brandon Allen, being who he is, jumped on his back. And once Brandon Allen's on your back, you know, that's going to be an issue for anyone. Uh, but Sam Alvey, man, he is competitive in every single fight. He is tough as shit, and the dude still throws heat. And if you look at his Instagram, the dude looks like he's working hard. It looks like he's still in shape. This is going to be his send-off UFC fight. I think he comes in guns blazing, throwing those big paws, and knocks out Michelle in the first round. I have a money line bet on Sam Alvey at plus 450. I've never seen the disrespect for Sam Alvey I've ever seen in my life. This is unreal. He's going to get this win. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Come back here on Sunday and say thank you, Jacob. Listen, I, I hope you hit it, right? You hit the Ludovic Klein lock of the week. That was plus 350 or 375. This would be, I mean, you, if, if you hit, I don't even know if he's your lock of the week, but if you hit this regardless, I mean, you, you could just not do the Look at the chat. Anymore. I can't, I, I, hold on. Yeah, Jacob's going to screenshot the chat because you're all trashing the pick. I, listen, I think Sam Alvey loses. I love Sam. I hope he wins. I do think McCall is just a little too fast for him, but um, all right, stop. That sound is so annoying. You really are taking stop. Um, see, you threw me off. Anyway, um, I, I agree with everything you said, but I'm a normal human being and not overacting. So I will scale it back quite a bit. And I think Sam is dangerous. Sam is very tough. And, uh, you know, 
Michael has no power in his hands. I do think Michael wins it just with speed and volume on the outside. I think that's all this is. Anyway, people that think that he's going to come in and just knock out Sam Alvey. I I think the odds are atrocious. No, no, I I agree with you. I think the odds are atrocious. Granted, getting rocked against Brendan Allen is concerning. Is concerning. And and listen, we have a premium membership. If you go to weonpicks.com, scroll to the clock top click become a member we have we put our bets out early i do a safety parlay we put our bets out literally weeks in advance days depending on what we like when we see it mccall's odds last week were much better much better i had odds up there bets up there for mccall last week where he was like a minus 400 favorite now he's 600 that's just way too much minus 400 he lost to a guy with no legs in his last fight, Michelle lost to a guy with no legs. Okay. Anyway, are you gonna have Sam in your DraftKings lineup at sixty nine hundred bucks? You goddamn right, I am. Okay. Uh, Monkey knife fight strike line twenty nine to fifty one. I think it's more, more straight up, more, more. Both of these guys can land. Sam is very tough. I think that's a, a very low line for Sam. Uh, I like more, more there. You agree? Yeah. Sam just need, uh, Sam just needs a one. Okay, so do you agree it's more and more? But it probably is more and more. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so if you want to check that out, go to wewantpicks.com slash MKF. Monkey Knife Fight is daily fit. It's the dumbest name in fantasy sports, but it is a fantastic game. All you need to do is say more or less on these strike lines, and you could triple your money. Wewantpicks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit up to $100. Take that free money, throw it on the more and more on this line. Cornholio! Thanks for becoming a member, my man. Welcome to the club. And to be clear, YouTube membership is different than the premium membership. YouTube membership is just a way to show support. You qualify for Jacob's $50 contest. Uh, you get the crown. You get all the perks on YouTube. Premium membership is for people who like really want oh, the inside early bet, stuff like that. What? Real quick before we get to this one. <clears throat> Uninterrupted, please. <clears throat> Hi, Ariana. My name is Jacob, and this is my submission for a dating video for you. I am six foot two, 219 pounds, excuse me, 219 pounds of corded steel. I enjoy spoiling my women, feet weird things, Cleveland steamers, whatever you're into, I'm into as well. I would love for you to reach out to me. My name, you can email me actually. At hard hot dog with the buns at AOL.com. Can't wait to get in touch. Thank you. Uh, hard hot dog in the buns. Throw with it the out. buns. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. Assistant to the regional manager. Um, anyway, good luck. Shoot your shot, Jacob. Good luck. Cleveland Steamers, are you, you into those or no? Do you even know what it is? You're just saying it because I know what it is. Oh. Oh, Ariana and me, we, we know what it is. Go on, the, on the wrestling bus, obviously, you got a bunch of dudes. On the wrestling bus between tournaments and stuff. We Sounds just, fun. <laughs> we, would, we would all just throw out. How was the, the hazing? Stu- oh, my God. Did the Your stream die or we just came off real quick? I think you're in it. Just drop for a second. Looks like we're still good. Okay. Yeah, we're still good. On the wrestling bus... We I think that was would. YouTube kicking me off. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland Steamer is like an autumn. Oh, wow. 
we would talk through all of those, right? All the different, there's Cleveland steamer, two dogs in the bathtub. You tell me what you think it is. You just dump on a chest. Chili dogs, if you dump on a chest and then use it. Ariani, I would like two to, dogs in a bathtub. I, is hey, I, I can't. Ariane, can't I didn't know. I did not know about the chili dog. I would re- retract my <laughs> Cleveland steamer. Let's go straight for the chili dog if that's something that you're into. Hit me up. <laughs> we just skip a step. Well, every chili dog starts with a Cleveland steamer. So, anyway. Okay. I'm checking my email right now, Ariani. I'm not seeing anything yet, but I know you'll see this. Next up, at UFC Vegas 59, we have Ariana Lipsky taking on Priscilla Kachera. Ariana Lipsky's 14-7 and seven overall, 3-2 and two in her last five, coming off an impressive performance against Mandy Bohm. Priscilla Kachera, 11-4 overall, 3-2 and two in her last five, coming off a very controversial win over G. Yun. Kim. Ariana Lipsky's a solid striker with good grappling. She's coming off that solid win over Mandy Bohm where she doubled her strikes and defended all four takedowns. The key to that fight was defending the takedowns because it broke a two-fight skid where she was taken down and that's how she lost those fights. But she does have decent grappling. The issue is she needs to dictate it, meaning if she's on top, she's got solid grappling. She can do well. If she's on her back, she can definitely struggle. Priscilla Cachera has heavy pressure and throws heavy punches. She's coming up with a very sketchy win over Ji Yun Kim where she landed 70 strikes fewer and had a total of less than 30 seconds of control time. She's primarily a striker, but she does have okay takedown defense at 65% and low takedown accuracy at 33%. She has very real power for the division, but can be knockout or bust. If you look at the stats, you will notice Priscilla's striking differential of about four to seven, which means for every four significant strikes she lands, she's hit seven times. If you look closer at those losses, she was dominated on her feet with her opponents essentially doubling her strike total. So I like Ariana Lipsky in this fight because without a real takedown threat, she should be able to get her hands going and touch up Priscilla the same way she did Mandy. She will need to stay busy and keep her feet moving to avoid that big power, though. I trust her footwork and the volume to get it done. So Lipsky is the pick, and I think this fight will probably go the distance. What do you think? Check your bye. Yeah, obviously I'm going with Ariane in this matchup, but I think the odds are a little bit wide. I, I see this as a as a pick 'em fight. You mentioned the the ground game is kind of the whole of of Ariana Lipsky. If she is at all flat on her back in this matchup, um, it's going to be an issue for her. She's not going to be able to get back to her feet. She has she has shown good takedown defense. Luckily, as you mentioned, Priscilla isn't really interested in the wrestling game. But maybe if she gets hurt or something like that, shoots a takedown, it could be an issue for Ariani. Ariani is great when she's the the pressure fighter. When she can move forward, you saw that against Mandy. She can really throw some good combinations. She's not like a super powerful puncher, but she throws really good volume power. And by that, you know, it's like three or four punches that are all pretty heavy instead of like pitter patter shots. I think that uh, Priscilla is going to be pretty surprised by the power, um, the volume power of Ariana Lipsky, but the but the speed as well. Because Kim was pacing up Priscilla pretty well, and Kim's not the fastest fighter in the world. I mentioned that last week. Obviously, that was a big letdown. Uh, I was pretty high on Kim going to that matchup last week, but um, not the fastest striker. But was touching at Priscilla pretty well, and Ariana's twice as fast as as um, 
as uh, Kim was in that fight. Uh, Mandy is who she was. We saw that she's not a, a very good fighter at all. So that win is a little bit bloated. I think the odds are a little bit crazy because of the bloated win versus Mandy. We know that Mandy's not a, you know, actually kind of a bum um, overall. So I'm Ariana Lipsky in this matchup. But if she gets back up against a cage, she's more of a, a you, you talked about it before, hammers versus nails. Some people are better hammers than they are nails. When Ariana Lipsky is moving forward and throwing her volume and, and touching people up very, very good. But if her back is against the fence in this matchup and Priscilla is able to pressure her and throw the heat, let's say Priscilla is able to just kind of walk through those shots like she did with Kim, right? I mean, she was just walking straight through those shots, was just throwing big power off the, over the top. This could turn into an ugly, ugly fight for Ariane very, very quickly. So Ariane is going to be the more technical fighter. She's going to have the, the better striking, the cleaner striking, but that power is always going to be an equalizer for, for, for Priscilla, and she knows it. I mean, she will take one to give one, um, and it could end up being an issue for Ariane. So I'm going to be Ariane in this matchup as a pick, but I'm staying away from it for my money. I, I hate those odds, whatever they are, minus 175 or whatever. But as I mentioned, Ariane, I think that me and you could do some things. I mean, I think that me and you linking up, I think we could be that power couple of the MMA world. So uh, let me know. You got my email. Okay. Um, DraftKings, 8,478. I you know, I do think Ariane wins. Uh, I'll just have to, I'll have to look a little closer at what she scores in previous wins because I don't think there's going to be much grappling. I think it's just a lot of touch and go. So she'll need to have super high volume to really make it worthwhile. You like it at $8,400? No, thanks. Okay. Um, the betting odds, minus 175. Again, probably a little wide. You probably get better odds uh, digging into some props. This is another fight. More significant strikes landed. Potentially Ariana Lipsky, but Priscilla gets loaded up on for real. And then uh, Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line. What do you think of that? 97 to 72. What do you think of that? I think that's a pretty fair strike line. I think this probably goes the distance. Priscilla's shown how tough she is. Ariane should have the, you know, the basically a three to one strike advantage in my mind as far as the way that she throws volume versus Priscilla. It just comes down to uh, Ariana's pressure. If she's up against the cage, it, it, it could be a little bit less than that, and she could find herself in some issues. So it's probably more and more though. Yeah, if you guys uh, feel strongly about that monkey knife fight strike line, give it a go. All you need to do is say more or less, and you can triple your money. Just go to wewantpicks.com/m. KF, you sign up, they'll instantly match your deposit up to $100. And if you want $50 for free, a cash app, PayPal, Venmo it to you. All you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners, make a deposit, and I send you 50 bucks as a thank you. That's wewantpicks.com slash bets. Next up, at UFC Vegas 59, we have Augusto Sakai taking on Sergey Spivak. Augusto Sakai is 15-4 and four overall, 2-3 and three in his last five, riding a three-fight skid and likely fighting for his job here. Sergey Spivak is 14-3 and three overall, 4-1 and one in his last five, coming off a dominant win over Greg Hardy on short notice. Augusto Sakai is a Muay Thai striker, and that means that he likes to fight close. He likes to make it dirty and stay in your face. He's got a ton of power, but he's not very fast. He sort of lumbers forward, throwing heavy, and he puts up decent volume, but again, he's not very fast. He has only one single takedown in the UFC, and that was against Chase Sherman. We've seen him in fights where he should have wrestled, but he didn't. He does, however, use the cage to lean on you slow you down and rack up control time. He's on a three-fight skid with losses to Tuivasa, Rosenstruck, 
and Overeem. Sergey Spivak is a heavyweight grappler who's a much better hammer than nail. He's got great ground and pound with solid takedowns. He has okay submission game and is a capable striker. He doesn't have KO power, but he does have a decent jab and solid volume. He's coming off the destruction of Greg Hardy back in March, where he got three takedowns and a stoppage win in less than half a round. And this fight's going to come down to Sakai's takedown defense. If this entire fight is a kickboxing match, then I think Spivak might be in some trouble. He was put out by Walt Harris and Tom Aspinall on his feet. As of right now, Sakai has solid takedown defense at 68%, but he was taken down three times by Alistair Overeem in that loss. I think Spivak comes out and fights Sakai the same way that he did to Ivasa when he beat him in 2016. Cage pressure and just diving at legs. So I see Spivak getting the takedowns and the win with a potential stoppage because once he's on his back, Sakai really has nothing to offer and does not move very well. So Sergey Spivak is the pick. I have a money line bet on him as well. What do you think, Jacob Heimer Schmidt? Oh, wait, yeah, hold I'll on. Never... Shut your mouth. Shut your Joey T. Joe Tadoro. $4.99. So what a model citizen. What a model citizen. Not only did he throw five bucks our way. Thank you very much, Joe. Appreciate it. He also used that $5 to tell everybody to join our premium membership. Very appreciated. Anybody interested, we do have premium membership. It's at wewantpicks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. We have all sorts of early bets, DFS, you know, DraftKings ownership, our best fade, our best lock, a ton of content to help you make money betting on fights. Thank you, Joe. Wewantpicks.com. Scroll to the top, click become a member. Jacob, what do you think of this fight? Yeah, I, I agree that, I, and I, I've said before, I'll, I'll never bet on women's fights, even though I did bet on women's fights this week, and I'll never bet on heavyweights ever again, and I'll probably never not bet on this fight, but I did tweet when I was doing my full breakdown Sunday, I have it in my notes here, that, that my, it was minus 210 at the time on Sunday, I thought that was pretty good value um, for Spivak, I don't know what you end up getting on, on your money line bet, but I, I think that he should probably dominate this matchup you, you mentioned Sakai against that tie to that tie to Ivasa fight um he really did not like that pressure at all he's one of those heavyweights that's not like typically a brawler he kind of likes to fight a little bit clean but as you mentioned isn't super powerful isn't super fast in the striking this feels like two heavyweights on two different paths I think Spivak is kind of a surging heavyweight that can string some fights together in a row with his wrestling as you mentioned he, he doesn't use it at times but when he uses it he can he can out wrestle a lot of people in this division I can th I think he can rattle off three or four in a row, get in that top 10, maybe push for a top five fight, and then we'll see if he can evolve as a fighter, where Augusto Sakai is kind of that slumping heavyweight that just really just doesn't seem like he really belongs in that top, you know, whatever, even really in the UFC at all. I know a lot of people in the chat would be like, he's going to get cut. He probably is going to get cut after this fight, because I think Speedbox, the path to victory is there. If he wants to, if he wants to mess around on the feet a little bit, maybe um, I wouldn't do it. You know, just get that takedown and kind of grind that victory out. But if he wants to mess around the feet, I don't think Sakai is super dangerous in that regard. But, you know, the path to victory is there. You get that single, get that double, get him flat on his back and do your thing. You're the polar bear. Eat him alive. Yeah. Polar bears are vicious, that's man. That's not you know, the noise like, that pol that's the noise <laughs> polar bears make. I watch, I watch the polar bear videos all the time. The guys in the box and the polar bears. That's the noise they make. You know they're the most dangerous bears, right? I mean, those they will hunt humans. You heard Joe Rogan talk about polar bears. They if they see a human, they're like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna kill that human." And they and most bears are like kind of scared of you. Not polar bears. They'll they'll hunt you down, and they will kill you. All right. Well, seventy four hundred dollars in DraftKings. I don't really see it being worth it. 
Uh, obviously, he's got power in his hands, so it is a possibility. Uh, I just don't see that happening. Sergey Spivak, $8,800. I think he's a solid play in DraftKings because if he gets this to the ground, he can probably get a finish because, again, Sakai does not do much. He, he just He's on his back. He doesn't move very well, and he gets beat up. You're nodding your head. You agree with me. We talked about I the think, odds. Uh, I just a just to add on that just a second. I think that $8,800 is one of the better drafting values. Uh, yes. Yes. One of the better. There's a one, there's a better one on this card. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but Ooh. I completely agree. Ooh. Um, my, my neck hairs are tingling. I can't wait. There you go. My there nipples are hard again. Okay. All right. Um, monkey knife by strike line 38 <laughs> to 68. I'm probably not going to touch it, but monkey knife fight also has a prop game called knockout Kings where any fighter that wins by KO or TKO, you can pick three of them. And if one of them is correct, you win money. I think Sergey Spivak should be in your knockout Kings potentially because I think he can get a takedown and just elbow sandwich his way to a TKO. Again, you get any three, any three. So if he doesn't, no big deal. No big deal. I worry. I just worry about the, uh, you know, someone's turns their back and all of a sudden that rear naked is right there. So I, th- I think it's definitely a finish play, but yeah, I'm, the, the knockout King scares me a little bit. Well, you just need one out of three. We haven't missed one yet. You negative Nance. Check that out. We own picks.com slash MKF. They will instantly match your deposit. And if you want 50 bucks, we own picks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners, make a deposit, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Woo! Here we go. Next up. This one, the people's main event here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, the, the Muhammad Usman fight Wrap it is. up in the chat, guys. How excited are we? 1 to 10. Oh, my God. Joey T, 499. Hopes this keeps your lights on, Jay. What the fuck? <laughs> and closer to Lipsky. <laughs> well, That'll, he thinks uh, you're... Does she have OnlyFans? That might pay for half her OnlyFans, huh? If she had OnlyFans, then I'm pretty sure you would You like how I sounded this. real... Yeah, I was going to say, you sounded like I... Or, uh, like that Thank you, Joe. Oh. Very, very appreciated. Jacob needs all the help he can get. Next up... At UFC Vegas 59, we have the first of two Ultimate Fighter finales. We have Juliana Miller taking on Brogan Walker. There's a typo in there. Juliana Miller, two and one overall. How about that? (laughs) Her entire (laughs) career is only three fights, and she is coming off a loss in her last pro fight before the Ultimate Fighter house. Brogan Walker, seven and two overall, three and two in her last five, with the two losses being two legit. UFC prospects. And before I jump in, I do not watch The Ultimate Fighter. I did my research. I watched my tape. I did my breakdown. But I don't watch The Ultimate Fighter. So any drama, any of that, like any stuff that, you know, maybe uh, there was a whisper session where sh- these women talked about their secret black belt nobody knows about. I don't know because I don't watch The Ultimate Fighter. But I have done my research and we're going to break down this fight. Juliana Miller. She is inexperienced. She's only got three professional fights, but she's very focused and very intense. She talks about her head state in interviews, and a lot of people will say, I'm willing to die in there. But you really get the impression that Juliana is willing to die in there. She's not the most skilled fighter, but she will work for your money. She's very aggressive. She comes forward immediately. And while she can be wild on her feet, she is a grappler at heart. If she can get you to the ground, she has impressive scramble skills and can snatch things up in transitions. Brogan Walker, on the other side of this coin, 
is one of the most experienced fighters from The Ultimate Fighter. She's been a professional since 2014. And it's not that she's been fighting for a while. She's fought some high-level competition on the regional scene. Her only two losses are to UFC standouts Aaron Blanchfield and Pearl Gonzalez. And it's not even just like, okay, well, she beats up regional people, then loses to UFC caliber. Because she also beat Miranda Maverick a few That's years ago. Girl. That is. Your girl. Style-wise, she's a grappler. But while she got her BJJ black belt three years ago, she considers herself a striker at heart. And she's well-rounded enough to basically fight anywhere. And I've got to go with experience here. I love Juliana's intensity, her pressure, her will to win. But you just can't make up for high-level experience. I see Brogan being more composed, weathering a storm, not panicking, and just being able to impose her own will. Fighting in the tough house is stressful, but it's not going to be nearly as stressful as fighting in, on a real card. Yes, it's the apex, but it's still a real card with a main event and uh, lots of other stuff happening before it. I think that's a lot for a two-in-one Juliana Miller who's young and hungry versus a Brogan Walker with the experience that she has, high level, all of those things. Brogan Walker is the pick. I got a money line bet on her at plus 125. That line is moving. I would not be surprised if she's the favorite by fight night. So again, we put our bets on premium membership as we place them. As we place them, we put them up. I placed this bet last week, and I got much better odds than today. Go to wewantpicks.com, scroll to the top, click become a member, and you will have access to every single one of our bets as we place them, including exclusive parlays and all sorts of fantasy tools. My pick was very clear. What do you think, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, premium membership is going to pay off handsomely if, if, if she wins for that because right now she's a minus 105. And it's like you said, she's probably going to be a favorite in that matchup. Just go to wewantpigs.com. Sign up for your premium membership today and get those bets early, guys. You got to get them in. You got to get them early. You got to make that money. Let's make that money together. Uh, yeah, I don't have a, a, a ton to add to this because, as you mentioned, there's not a lot of, of film and not a lot of fights for Julian Miller altogether, and, and Brogdon's kind of the same way. You did mention the experience. I think that's the biggest key to this matchup is the experience. I think Julian Miller is definitely the, the more dangerous fighter. I think she's the more wild fighter. You mentioned the the uh, the mental aspect. Uh, she's willing to die in that. Cash me outside. How about that? You know, but Brogdon in the fights that I've seen, her top pressure, if she's able to get a takedown and get that top pressure, I just cannot see Julianne Miller, you know, scrambling out of that position. She's just too well versed in her top game. Black belt um, can just can just kind of grind out those victories. Unless Julianne Miller's doing something wild, throwing up wild triangles because I are triangles, uh, triangles or something like that. But Brogdon should be too well versed and too experienced. You're to, adding to a be- D, Brogan, not Brogdon. Well, yeah, I would like Kids that again. a D in a lot of uh, in a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, Brogdon um, should have the experience and have the top pressure in this. Obviously, if Julian Miller comes in and, and shoots a takedown, and all of a sudden you have Bro- Brogdon on, on her back. That, I mean, that could be an issue for. Her, but this is just just it, it should be it's gonna be a, probably a sloppy fight. Yeah, and the next fight's probably gonna be the same way with the the Usman fight. I mean, these are inexperienced fighters they're having in the moment and it should be fun you know a lot of times when you have those uh, close level talented fighters and a little bit of inexperience it gets a little bit wild so i think that there's a little bit of a scrambles in this matchup but i agree i think the value plays in is in brogan in in, in this matchup and she's going to be my pick and uh, i agree with your uh, money line play there you go thank you so much appreciate it uh 8379 you need underdogs in your DraftKings lineup to do anything with and I think Brogan's a solid underdog only because 
I think she'll score well because her path is takedowns, control, jujitsu. So I think she'll score well in DraftKings. I would have liked a better. DraftKings is always sharper than the books for the most part, although they are a book. But DraftKings doesn't release pricing until Monday or Tuesday. So they get a full full week, essentially, of seeing what the market does to the betting lines, and then they will do theirs. So they're usually tighter than some of the other odds. So I would have preferred a discount on Brogan, but $7,900, I think, you know, you need some underdogs. I think she's probably a solid underdog. Do you agree with her in a DraftKings lineup or no? There's only 12 fights. I'll see if this stacks out. I hate, you know, I love my females, but I hate females in DraftKings. I mean, there's literally, there's 12 fights. So half the fights you need one That's what this for. this card is hard for me to bet on too because I said I don't bet women's fights. I don't bet heavyweight fights. And there, there's, I think, five of those is, is <laughs> yeah, women yeah. heavyweight There's fights. a lot of women fights here. Um, Monkey Knife Fight Strike Line 85 to 62. I think it's a decision. Juliana Miller comes out swinging crazy. I think she'll get taken down because she's doing crazy stuff. So I think it's honestly probably a more and more because Juliana does not have quit in her. Brogan will be on top controlling Lanny. I think it's a more more. It could be a very sloppy less less, but yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's more of a of a ground control and and scramble. I think this turns into a jiu-jitsu match, honestly. It could, but Juliana on her feet just literally throws wild, just absolutely just winging punches like a a cartoon she's tornado. Off, I think she's gonna be on her back, just uh, throwing legs up for three rounds. It could be. No, absolutely could be. I, I'm not gonna do it in in monkey knife. Sounds a lot either. like my Friday nights. It's just. Oh, yeah, what does? No, I was going to say, she was probably going to be on her back throwing legs up for, you know, a few hours. Um, And on your Friday night, you're on your back throwing your legs up? Well, I thought that you were going to take it that way, but you didn't take the bait quite as well as I would have liked. So I kind of had to uh, take it that way myself. But, yeah, there you go. Anyway, guys, you want 50 bucks? Go to weonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up. Make a deposit. And I will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. That's weonpicks.com slash bets. Any one of our books, sign up, make a deposit. You'll get a thank you, $50. Next up at UFC, I shouldn't even say UFC Vegas 59. Next up on the Tough 30 finale, we have Zach Pagwa taking on Muhammad Uzman. Zach Pagwa is 5-0. I'm definitely saying that wrong. 5-0 overall. 5-0 in his last five with four decisions and one finish. Muhammad Uzman is 7-2 overall, 4-1 in his last five. Coming off a loss to Brandon Sales in the PFL one year ago. And Zach Pagwa is a light heavyweight who moved up to heavyweight for the opportunity on the Ultimate Fighter. And to further complicate his Ultimate Fighter experience, him and Muhammad have spent time together, a decent amount of time actually, training together in the past. Zach's a strong wrestler who does not hide his game plan. He's got a low stance where he just pumps that jab, launches an overhand, and then takes shots. If his opponents overcommit to a strike, he's immediately under it and shooting. He can stand and bang as well, but that certainly isn't something he wants to do, especially at heavyweight. Muhammad Usman, as you know by now, is Kamaru Usman's younger but much larger brother. He doesn't have the same wrestling background as Kamaru, but it is clear that athleticism runs in the family. He was a standout football player who transitioned to MMA a little later in life. He's got nine professional fights and has fought in some of the larger organizations outside the UFC. And being that he's Kamaro's brother, that's definitely helped him out with some opportunities. 
But frankly, he does show up. He sticks to a game plan. He's doing his best to make his own name. And it's clear that he's had some high-level coaching because just a few years ago, he'll just come charging across the cage, throwing bombs, bending over at the waist, trying to pick people up, relying just on his physical gifts. But now he's more composed. He'll sit behind a jab. He'll methodically work forward. He's got some very real power, and he can stay tough on the other side as well. And it's an interesting finale, right? Two guys that have trained together in the past with differing style. Usman, the much larger, stronger, more explosive fighter. And Pogba, the more well-rounded, like the better fighter with a clear game plan. So the question becomes, does size matter? Does Usman's physicality negate Pogba's wrestling? Do you think that size matters? <sighs> Absolutely. Unfortunately for you. Fuck. It's very important. Um... And this is tricky, man. I picked, if you watch the Quick Picks video, I picked Usman to win this fight. I think he's just too big and hits hard, and I think that is a problem here. But, you know, you just watch the Brandon Sales fight. He's just taken down and held down, and that is definitely something that Zach can do. Without question, he can do that. And he's 5-0, and and that's not a lot of fights, but it's enough to see that he hasn't really been knocked out yet. But we've seen him rocked. We've seen him rocked. And that same, you know, that same, those same shots landing could be an issue at heavyweight as opposed to light heavyweight. So I'm going to stick with Muhammad Usman as the pick, but yeah, pretty low level fight here. Super tricky. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, this is definitely a uh, heavyweight fight that I'm not going to bet on at all. I agree that probably the better value is probably Usman because, you know, a two to one or whatever he is for Zach seems a little bit crazy. Being the, the, the 205 or coming up against a full uh, heavyweight in, in Usman, I mean, that dude is absolutely huge and he knows how to use that that weight and that power. This is going to be a sloppy fight and this is going to be a this is going to be a battle of cardio and right hands. Whoever gets tired first is probably going to lose. Maybe somebody lands a big right hand. Uh, you know, this could be a wrestling match, but this is going to be a sloppy, sloppy affair. And I just go back to who who looks the tougher to who looks the toughest to me in their matchups. Usman in his last fight to me looks like he got tired, quit a little bit, got choked out. Well, if you look at Zach's fight, especially against Terrence, it was two fights ago. I have no idea how he was able to survive that fight. If you go back and watch that, that was a, a CW fight. August of 2021, the guy was fully mounted at one point, was just getting the sheet beat out of him, was able to survive and win a decision. I will take toughness and cardio all day in a sloppy matchup, and I think Zach is a guy that's going to be tougher and have the better cardio in this matchup. So I think the value is in the underdog play in the 2-1 to one for Usman because it is such a toss-up. Who knows what, what the hell is going to happen? But for a pick, I'll take toughness, cardio, and the wrestler of Zach, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you did a breakdown like that a few weeks ago. It was two women, I forget who, but you basically were like, I'm just going to go with the tougher fighter here. And that's exactly what happened. The toughness mattered. So, listen, I, I, I picked Usman before any lines. There were no betting lines anywhere. I did it a week ago. I did my notes. I did my research. I picked them then. When I saw the lines, I was actually surprised. And I get it. Zach is undefeated, and he's a wrestler. We've seen Usman lose a wrestling match. But he is still getting... He, first of all, he's still a legitimate athlete that competed at a high level you know, in, in college football, which that matters. That's something. Him and me we, both? We know he hits hard. 
We've seen him lose him a wrestling Evo. match, but we've seen we've seen Zach injured. So I was surprised to see the line. I like Usman to win this fight, but no bet. If we, we Jacob and I are still figuring out how to do confidence bets or confidence picks, like the easiest way to give that to you, we'll probably put it on premium membership. This would be a very low confidence pick for me. Is it a low confidence pick me for as you well. as well? Yeah, me, yeah, yeah me as well. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, it'd be you know, if there's twelve fights, twelve being the most confident, one being the least, he'd probably be a three. So not, there's not two the f- lowest, yeah. but yeah, but no, definitely down listen, there. Listen, I hear you. So no bet. This is the type of thing on on every Saturday. I I post the graphic on YouTube how we did with our picks, and this is the type of thing. If it's a loss, it really shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't matter, guys. I always talk about wewantpicks.com/bets and the fifty dollars. I give you fifty bucks if you go there. And sign up and make a deposit. But the best value is, is definitely if you go yeah. to love-chat.xyz, they will hook you up. The best, the best love chats you could Guys, ever you get. Guys, you saw that you saw who was Schwalt Schwalt donated the two hundred into one hundred. Schwalt Schmack, Schwalt, Schmack, all that. You Schmack, Schmack. The guy paid us three hundred dollars. You'd get his name wrong. Well, Schmack, yeah, Schmack. Well. Well, I just got a little sidetracked because of the the love chat. All that money is going into that site. I, I mean, that's just no. There's no hiding it. All that money is Absolutely. going into that adult dating website. They got the best. I mean, it you is guys unreal need to go right now. The selection Absolutely. they have there from top to bottom. If you guys are in men, they got the men as well. Trust me, okay. they got the you, best. This is men. it's going a little long now. Anyway, lovechat.xyz, great value. Thank you, love chat, for the comments. We appreciate it. Um, Monkey Knife I Strike Line 64 to 52. Don't touch it. Do, do absolutely nothing with it, with it whatsoever. Because Zach could get a million takedowns or just one an elbow sandwich. Muhammad Usman could just land one big punch. Don't touch the strike lines. It's stupid. You don't need to bet on everything. But if you want 50 bucks, I'll still give you 50 free bucks. We want picks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. I will send you $50. Jacob and I are split on this fight. Someone said I was wearing leopard print the same night as Laura Senko. I actually did notice. I was going to wear this anyway, but I turned into the Contender Series fight, so I saw Laura Senko, and co- I was like, oh, my God. Someone sent her a picture of me in the leopard print and sent it to her and let her know that we're both. She had to put in her Twitter profile, like, happily married or something. Like, it, it says something like that in her Twitter profile. What? People like you. Are you yeah. serious? I tweeted in all caps today as I was watching the Contender Series, Laura Senko. That's all I tweeted. <laughs> Yeah. Let me see just, if it's if that's if that's well lovechat.xyz. All right. Oh, uh, it says We're wife and on. mom. Yeah, Fuck. See, wife. Had to put it in there because of people like you. Next up, at UFC Vegas 59, we have Vicente, not Vincente, Vicente Luque taking on Jeff with a G Neil. Vicente Luque, 21 and 8 overall, 4 and 1 in his last five, coming off the grappling heavy loss to Bilal Muhammad. Jeff Neil, 14 and 4 overall. Three and two in his last five. Coming off the win over Ponzinibbio, which did break a two-fight skid. Vicente Luque is pretty good everywhere. He's got power in his hands, solid wrestling defense, and fantastic submissions if it gets to the ground. At the end of the day, though, he is a striker, and he's looking to bang it out on his feet. His 61% takedown defense may seem low, but since 2017, he has only been taken down nine times total and his only loss in that run was to Bilal. So for the most part, even when he's taken down, like by Nico Price, Michael Chiesa, he's still winning those fights. 
Jeff Neal is a very good striker with very real power, solid volume, and solid takedown defense. He is not the most technical, but with his power and aggression, he doesn't need to be. Jeff likes to dictate the pace, range, and exchanges. If he can stay at kicking range and use those kicks to set up punches, he'll have a ton of success. But if you get in his face and tie him up, he gets frustrated and exhausted. He's coming off a close win over Ponzinibbio where he actually landed fewer strikes and he was taken down. Leading up to his fight with Bilal, I think Luque was very overhyped. He was on a hot streak and he looked incredible, but people just chose to ignore some of the grappling holes that we saw in that Kiesa fight. I was over all over Bilal in that fight and I'm, and I'm very glad that that hit. Well, congratulations. But, thank you so much. I, I still have that money. But I don't think that that loss matters here, right? I don't see Jeff working for takedowns. He only has three takedowns in his entire UFC career, and I don't see that changing here. So that means that there's a striking match, and strike for strike, I think Luke wins that fight. Not only does he have better striking differential, but he's got cleaner footwork, better speed, and higher volume. Jeff's going to have the, the raw power, but Vicente is going to be better at striking everywhere else. I've got a money line bet on him, I think he's some of the best value you're going to get on this card. And I'm a Vicente Luque hater. Jakey boy. And I, and I am a Vicente Luque lover. I love this dude. I, obviously, I was very high on him in the Bilal matchup. And the Bilal matchup is what it is. Lay and pray. That's what Bilal is going to do. Sean Brady is going to show what kind of fighter Bilal Muhammad is. That dude is going to get absolutely destroyed. I cannot stand Bilal Muhammad. But it is what it is. That fight happened. He got laid and prayed on. And he lost the fight. But as you mentioned, Jeff Neal is not one of those guys that's going to take him down and just hold him down. Jeff Neal is a very low-volume guy that just kind of looks for the big one-punch power. And aside from the one-punch you know, knockout power, you know, maybe he is able to catch Luque. I think that's his only opportunity in this fight. Honestly, I would like to see uh, Vicente kind of use the wrestling in this matchup. I, I'd like to see him kind of shoot some takedowns, some offensive wrestling, maybe try to get his back, use that jujitsu's abilities because the only chance that I think that Jeff Neal has in this matchup is in that big one punch power. Obviously if Jeff Neal maybe can get respect early, get Vicente moving his back against the cage and put some pressure on him. Maybe he can draw out some weird, you know, grind out type of decision. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very high on Vicente and this is one of those things. I mean, you place the money line bet. I place a money line bet. We are trying to tell you guys about that on Sunday. If you are, premium member you would have found out that Vicente Luque is one of the better values because right now he's pushing one minus 190 and I got him at minus 165 I don't know what you got him at or whatever but you know I, I think it is one of the better values in the car I do not see any way for him losing this fight it could jinx the shit out of it but except you for just, that you know you that one yeah, punch. Was, yeah he could except lose one by punch one power, punch yeah. knockout I do not see any well, way yeah, with your yeah, stupid any inflection way except for that Fuck except here. for that one uh one punch if you uh didn't you know rudely interrupt me as you typically do and chat's catching on to that they're saying you know i cannot stand how angelo talks to jacob and angel need you know, yeah you need to you that's need about to as real role. as you know, the chat said it that's about as real as we just i just went chat. on vacation i was just in disney with the family and that's normally a ridiculously stressful thing my kids are little my wife is mean it's normally a very stressful thing but i just kept saying i'm easy Ange. they call me easy Ange. whatever you want to do and she's easy like, who, Ange, yeah. who who says that who says you're easy Ange? I was like, yeah, that's, that's what they Nobody. Me. Definitely not the chat. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, $8,500. pressed all the time. We talked, we talked about the value in DraftKings. $8,500 is the best value on this DraftKings uh, slate. Oh, there we go. All Bingo. full circle. 
Nice call. You man. alluded to it. If you guys missed it earlier, if you're watching the individual breakdowns, we had another good value earlier. So you better check it out. Subscribe. Like the video, guys. Become a premium member. We will. Were... <laughs> so okay. I'm the I'm the pitch guy. You do the jokes. Talk about women's body what parts. What about the truck, Angelo? They're asking about the truck again. Tell you what, everybody wants to see a picture of the truck. I'm actually getting a grill put on it tomorrow. Well, I'll Ooh. hide it behind the premium membership. Ball. Anyway, Ooh, things are going well. Thanks, Schmack Schmack, for the donation. New grill. It's my wife, man. She just—that's what I was talking to before. She had to leave and go to work for an um, work emergency. Wow. Yeah. Those, those, uh, those uh, that coal's not going to mine itself. <laughs> Come back pregnant. Anyway, Vicente Luque, best value in DraftKings, eighty-five hundred dollars. I, I absolutely believe that. Jacob and I already have money line bets on that fight. The strike line, 67 to 57. I actually think there's some solid value in the more and more there because I think they'll get going a little bit. I don't think Vicente's going to flatline Jeff Neal in 10 seconds. I think they'll get going. Um, you know, I, I think Vicente's going to touch him up, potentially get a late finish, but I think it's a, a striker versus striker type situation and both of them can land. What do you think with the monkey know. knife? That, that one scares me a little bit because because Jeff Neal is a little bit low volume, and if he's just waiting and waiting, and if Vicente's able to get in his face, uh, Vicente's got some big power in his hands. So that one scares me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I hear you, but I think Jeff. I think but Jeff's you hear me, but enough. you're not listening. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know. I fucking know that. Anyway, <laughs> we want picks slash bets sign up with any <laughs> one of our betting partners make a deposit i will send you 50 bucks as a thank you that's we want picks.com slash bets fucking know that <laughs> get, get, get it together there was a lot of hate in that there was a lot of hate in that that was real like sometimes people are just, that was real. <laughs> next up at ufc vegas 59 we have the main event of the evening we have tiago maheda Santos taking on Jamal. It's not Jamahal. It's Jamal Hill. Tiago Santos, 22-10 and 10 overall, 1-4 and four in his last five, coming off a handful of boring decisions. Jamal Hill, 10-1 and one overall, 3-1-1 one and one in his last five, coming off that Johnny Walker knockout just a few months ago. And at one point, Tiago Santos was the hardest-hitting guy in the weight class, in two weight classes, honestly. But ever since that loss to John Jones and a couple of very serious injuries later, he just hasn't had that same power. He only has one win in his last four fights, and that was a rough one to Johnny Rocker. That was an incredibly boring fight. He can still be fast as hell. He still does have very real power, and he does have savage kicks. A lot of people think he beat John Jones in that fight, and he did have success with a couple of busted-up knees. We watched him almost put Glover's lights out with some of that same power, but then he slowed down. He lost to the grappler. He beat Johnny Walker, but he did not look good at all. He only landed 44 strikes in 25 minutes. He seemed slow and labored in a pretty boring fight, but let's not forget, he is still a BJJ black belt, and he may use it in this fight considering Jamal's only loss was to Paul Craig by submission. Jamal Hill is a tall, rangy striker who comes forward and picks his shots really well. He's got an incredible seven to three and a half striking differential, so two to one. Uh, so he doubles his opponent's strikes. He's primarily a boxer, but he does have some solid leg kicks. He typically does not have incredible power, but he's got a ton of stoppages, usually because of his accuracy and volume, but he seems to be putting together that one-punch power. His opponents end up being a step behind, which just forces them to take risks to try to catch up, and then that's when they get caught. And given what Tiago Santos has become, I got to go with Jamal Hill here. 
But there is something to be said about championship round experience. Jamal has only been to a decision four times, and he's gotten very comfortable staying in the first round these last few years. Tiago Santos is older, slower, less dangerous, but has proven to be durable. If Santos stays tough, continues to throw, and stays fresh, it's not completely out of the question that he could beat up Jamal. I can bet on, you know, it's just tricky. I can't really bet on somebody that I think could just be tough enough to make the fight go long, right? So Jamal's the pick, but I'm very interested to see how this fight goes. And if we get to see Jamal Hill in these later rounds, because this might be a, a Terrence McKinney, Drew Dober situation where Jamal comes out hot, almost gets a finish, doesn't get the finish, and then he's just not used to continuing the fight and he's gassed and beat up. But Jamal's definitely the pick. You want to make him a parlay piece, go for it. I, I'm probably going to be a little light on that because, again, you know, there's still risks here. You know, Tiago Santos is still a dangerous guy. And if Jamal was decisioning people, I'd actually be more confident in him. The early stoppages is what does have me just a tiny bit hesitant. What do you think? Uh, this is another shameless plug for the premium membership because I placed a bet on there Sunday. I think it was Sunday or Monday that this fight does not go the distance. I jumped on this early, early. I think I think I got minus two seventy five. Actually, I have it right here in front of me minus two eighty, and now it's already at minus three twenty five. So you guys become a premium member and get those get those odds early when we see him because this is gonna uh, does not go the distance fight all the way in my mind. I think this is definitely a Jamal Hill fight. I think it's a perfect matchup for him, a stepping stone to really kind of show off his striking, his knockout abilities again. Unfortunately, you know I'm a, I, I like Tiago Santos. He is tough as hell. I just think that he's slowing down, and without that you know big side to side movement. The person that's going to beat Jamal Hill was actually kind of that Johnny Walker type where the constant movement, because, you know, Jamal Hill is not like a super technical guy. He needs to find you on the end of punches. And you saw early on, he was missing big against Johnny Walker. It's Johnny Walker side to side. He's trying to lunge in with those big shots, and Johnny Walker is constantly moving. Unfortunately, Tiago is done. I don't think he even has knees left. The guy's got two reconstructed knees. He's not a super, you know, movement guy. I think he's going to be up against the cage, kind of in that Sam Alvey style, just up against, just hoping, you know, waiting to see if I can land that big counter on the overextended shot from Jamal Hill. And unfortunately, I think. Jamal Hill's precision is just going to be way too much for Tiago. And that first shot that's going to land, man, that dude just got sneaky, sneaky power. I mean, when he hits you, it just lights out. And I think that he just kind of stalks Tiago, gets him against the cage, corners him, smaller cage, apex, and just throws that big shot and is able to catch him. Obviously, Tiago could slip it and has power on his own. He's always going to have that power, but I just think the speed and the movement just isn't going to be quite there enough. And this is going to be a stepping stone for Jamal Hill to get that, that big, big matchup. And I would like to see him versus Ankalaev. I think Jamal Hill versus Ankalaev would be an interesting matchup. You have the technical abilities of Ankalaev versus the power and the the length of Jamal Hill. I would love to see that. As I know that Ankalaev probably already, des already deserves kind of a title shot at this point, or at least number one contender. But as a number one contender fight, Jamal Hill versus Ankalaev, I'd like to see it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I agree. We, we both like Jamal Hill here. I'm probably a little, a little hesitant. Like, I don't love minus 260, but honestly... Come fight night when the fight's over, it's probably like, you know, it's going to be like, yeah, obviously that happened. You right, I mean, like, Jamal, that was the best Jamal money is, you could have spent. Yeah, he's, he's minus 315 right now, and I got either one of them can win inside the distance for minus 275 or minus 280. So, I mean, that's, that's crazy the odds I got. 
Yeah, I mean, frankly, Jamal Hill's probably a parlay piece. Do it now, like before the odds get too crazy. But I don't know. I, I just when I was doing the notes and when I was doing a breakdown, the 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 thing that worried me was literally how quickly Jamal Hill's beating people. That is what worried me because Tiago Santos is the exact opposite. Even in his wins, like Johnny Walker, just long and drawn out, and you know. I just don't know what Jamal Hill is going to look like 25 minutes. He's gotten so comfortable just lighting people up early, literally like Terrence McKinney. What? No, I mean, I 100% agree. That's oh. why I did not play the money line bet of Jamal Hill. I just played inside the distance because if he does get tired chasing a finish, Tiago's going to be there, man. And if you don't put him away, you know, he could he just lay on the, the volume and the pressure as well. And, and like you said, there's a, a big question mark on rounds two through five of uh, Jamal Hill. So we'll see. I, I agree with you, though. Yeah, I still think he wins. I do have right. their DraftKings prices reversed. Jamal Hill is $9,000 to Tiago Santos is $7,200. Jamal's probably worth the ninth. I mean, I, I think he wins. I think he's worth the money. You know, all of those and things. Are, yeah, I don't know if you mentioned that those are flip-flopped on the screen. I just did. Yeah, those are those okay, are backwards. Sorry. The the DraftKings price is backwards. The odds. I don't know if you mentioned it, though. But no, if, absolutely. You, if you notice on the screen, the Jamal Hill should be the 9000 I don't know if you saw that. If you I look did. at the screen right there, you're gonna get me. Do you see the? You're gonna do you get see muted. the seventy two hundred. Okay. Do you see the seventy two? Okay, so guys, monkey knife fight shark line forty eight to fifty six. The problem is Tiago Santos. I mentioned he only landed forty four strikes in that Johnny Walker fight. So this is saying he'll land more in this fight than that fight, and he won that fight. So it's another. <laughs> oh shit! I'm deaf. It's another uh, tricky. Monkey knife fight strike line, but I do think it's it's probably more and more. But Tiago Santos's volume is is so tricky. So no play on the monkey knife fight strike line. But monkey knife fight does offer a prop game called Knockout Kings. You could put both of these guys in there, or just Jamal Hill, and if one of them wins by KO or TKO, you will get paid. We just did it. We just cashed big. Well, first we had uh, Michael Morales in there. But we also had Derek Lewis and Sergey Pavlovic in there. You put them both in there because you knew one of them was going to win by knockout. So same logic here. Check it out. Weonpicks.com slash MKF. If you sign up, they will instantly match your deposit. And if you, you know, want someone 50 Someone send this bucks, to Ariani. Okay. Yeah. Put in the mic. Ariani. Hey, Ariani. My name's Jacob. <sighs> if you want 50 free bucks... Go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. We will send you 50 bucks as a thank you in our final shameless premium membership plug. We have a premium membership. It's $10 a month. That is $2.50 per week. That's $2.50 per event. If we get one bet correct, it paid for many months, many months worth of membership. And included in that membership, you get our, basically our live bets, literally as we're placing bets, days, weeks, months in advance, we're throwing them up on the site. We're doing all of our picks, all of our bets, all of our fantasy plays, our best dog of the week, all of that stuff, everything. Early prize picks lines. Weonpicks.com. Scroll to the top. Click become a member. Like this video. Join our free Discord. Do all the things, and we will see you later this week for the rest of our content. You just nothing to say, just the shakes. And the weird punches. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to cut it. Oh, sorry. Ariane. I was going to. And then, okay. Goodbye. Ariane.